Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kyla, can you open us up in prayer? Yes, I can. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you that you're a mighty and you're a wise God, God, and that you give us the wisdom and you reveal yourself to us, God. We just invite your Holy Spirit, God, and ask that you continue to teach us and minister to us, God, as we sit in your presence to learn. And we just thank you for our listeners and our partners, God, and that you're teaching them and helping them grow as well, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. 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 Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our morning Bible study and our study this morning in the book of Corinthians. So we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Can I get a volunteer to read from verses 9 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. Okay, Layla, let's hear it. But as it is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. So, again, the floor is opened up uh, to you guys first to share whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. Okay? Okay. All right. Do you like to begin? I do. All right, Layla. <laughs> Go for it. I really enjoyed how um, Paul referenced the scripture, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. It's just amazing. It's like he's reminding the people he's instructing and reminding himself that of who God is and where his position is. And it reminded me of when God was questioning Job, and he's like, okay, I'm going to question you, and you answer me. So how did I establish the foundation of the earth? How did I set the limits and tell the ocean this is as far as you can go? How did I do all these things? And it was a reminder to me to remember who I am in the Lord. Yes, I am his daughter, but I am not his superior. I am not his equal. I can't go, God, you don't know what you're talking about. Here's how you should do it because he knows everything. He was the one that created me. I did not create God and then God created creation. 
God created creation and created me with there. So it, it, it's just a reminder to remember that God is still God. Yes, we are his children. Yes, we are special and treasured and prized in his eyes. But by no means do you get to cross that line and go, God, you don't know what you're talking about. Let me teach you. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Anybody else? Go Me. ahead, promise. Okay. Well, Lord, showing me verse. Well, verse ten, where it says, "But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God." And also verse nine, where it says, "I has not seen nor ear heard, nor had." nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And so the Lord brought me back to James. Brought me to James 3.13 where it's talking about heavenly wisdom versus demonic wisdom. Okay, well, can you read it for us, sir? Yes. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Oh, partiality. Now the fruit of the righteous, fruit of righteousness is sown in the, sown, sown in peace by those who make peace. And uh, and also and also. First John. The Lord is also showing me First John. What's it say, sir? Or what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about discerning things. Discerning spirits to be exact. I believe that's First John chapter 4. Thank you. Yes, that's how chapter 4 begins. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out in the world. Or into the world, excuse me. And the Lord showed me that when you have the ability, when not that you achieve it, but when God gives you the ability to discern spirits, you're able to... I won't say see all things, but 
Thor's going to, you're going to be able to discern things. And so, Lord is showing me where it says, but God has revealed them to us through spirit. And that that's what heavenly wisdom is. You have to have, you have to be able to discern spirits and have heavenly wisdom to understand this. And not what I'm talking about. You have to have heavenly wisdom and be able to discern spirits in order to understand what the word is saying and not trying to grasp the spiritual things that the Lord's talking about with your natural mind. Mm -hmm. And what does discerning mean? To tell the difference between something. That's right. Just really simply to tell the difference. And what we're looking for is the difference between is it of God or is it not? If it's not of God, then we can surmise it equals it's of the devil. Does that make sense? Yes. As far as earthly wisdom versus sensual, natural, demonic wisdom, earthly wisdom. Godly wisdom versus earthly wisdom. What's the difference? And the evidence that you can tell, because there's a lot of voices in this world that are pushing to persuade people and make them believe a lie is in fact the truth when it's not. Get so, them to act in a certain way or manner. Right, there's that as well. So I said, and also to get people or persuade people to act in a certain way or manner or contribute to a certain thing or whatever the case is, right? So I said, look at it in that way as well. I'll just say I had a friend share with me. I I can't tell you this is biblical, but it, it's it's um it is a tool that you can consider when those thoughts come. Just say out loud, "Is that you, Jesus?" <laughs> and it's amazing when it's not. There's no response. The thought just it it, bang, it just gone. Yeah. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's a good God all the time. Mm-hmm. So as you're, as you're being bombarded, and that's, that's constant, at this, I think First John talks about that. There are many voices in this world. What, is that First John? Or, I'll find it for you. Okay, thank you. Um, and each of them has, you know, they're, they're trying to accomplish something. And ultimately, you can wrap it up with this. Either you're trying to push me towards Jesus Christ or push me away from him. We know that the Holy Spirit always and only points us towards Jesus Christ. Everything outside of that, we know where it came from. It is the spirit of the Antichrist that's already in this world. So when the voices speak, you look at the fruit. Is it telling me to agree with what God has already said in his written word? What agrees with Jesus Christ or is it saying something different? And there's no other, there's no other way of deciding what seems right to, a, to humanity is not right by God. Is it right by God? Yes or no. And it doesn't mean humanity will never align itself with God because we can. We have a choice in that. But if it doesn't align with what God says, it just doesn't align with what God said. And that's not the path that we should take. We shouldn't entertain it, seek after it, or try to find the value in it. And, and that's, that's okay. 
you know, it's it's easy. I know for me, uh, trying to reach a level of maturity sometimes, of course, the enemy is always twisting everything. And so I hear things like what you said, you know, there's a lots of voices coming to us in the world, right? And mm-hmm. so, wow. Well, just to give you an idea how true that is, the average consumer is somewhere between 6,000 and 10,000 advertising messages a day now. That may wow. mean you saw something riding down the road on a billboard, something on the back of the truck in front of you, a bumper sticker, something in your email inbox, something on the TV, an ad running at the bottom of an app that you had going on, whatever it may be. And all those messages are trying to separate you for your money. And I haven't seen an ad yet that's trying to separate me from my money to, to our ministry. That's not even including other things that you may be getting that way. So there are six to 10,000 messages every day that are, are not trying to honor God, at least, that you're getting, not including the ones that are already in your head. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's First uh, Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, and verse, verse 10. Well, that's right. There, there are, it may be, so many lang- kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. So he's talking about natural languages, but also spiritual languages as well in that chapter. Right. Depending, depending on the translation, it substitutes languages for voices, mm-hmm. making them interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So do you remember that Jesus said to us, my sheep know my voice. And another's they will not follow. Amen. There are many people, things, spirits, voices, trying to vie for our attention. They're making grabs at it. They want our attention. They want our actions, right? Because once you behold something long enough, then you'll start to take it in and change your mindset about it. And then we also know by the word, a man, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? Yes. So if they can't, if... If our attention is going to the word of God and the things of God and we are listening to the Holy Spirit, then, of course, what's going to come out of us will look like him. Our choices will be based upon what he says. But if we are filled, filled up with other things, then other things will start to take root and other things will begin to flow out of us. And unfortunately, there's no in between. There's there's not three choices. <laughs> there's two, there's two. It's God or not God. And then, you know, it sounds kind of franken, but it just, this is what God has already said. And I enjoy that. I like that. It is God or it's not God. And it doesn't mean we don't love people. And it doesn't mean that we don't have compassion or love for unbelievers. Because we were once unbelievers ourselves. Just to build on that, right? The Lord's, and what Paul is here is doing is identifying there's a difference. There is a distinguishable difference between all the other voices in the world and the Lord's voice. And uh, which is why he starts off in verse 9 saying what he says, right? It is written. And you can look at Isaiah 64, verse 4 and, and 5, really, for that. 
and says this, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. And of course that verse continues, but those that are the Lord's, those that wait upon him, right? They'll be saved, they'll rejoice, they're, they will hear his voice, they will know the Lord, right? And that's what he's getting, it's, uh, I love this, <laughs> I'll say this, it's not even really half, well, yeah, half of the chapter, because it's a reiteration of all the things that we have been discussing so far this week, right, about our relationship, our which in order to even have that relationship, we have to be willing to submit to the Lord and put him in his rightful or acknowledge him for who he is. And yes, to put him in his rightful place as God over everything in our lives, every aspect of our lives. He deserves it. He's been there from the beginning. He's the one that has all the wisdom, knowledge, power, understanding, everything that you could consider is all wrapped up and contained within him. And then He's also given us the Holy Spirit, right? Which is, I think, the other the other key part. And we've we've talked about this, right? Who gives us discernment, right? Because yes, we know Him and and we have received Him, and we are walking in His ways and the desires to be pleasing to the Lord. He's also discussing yes, we can understand because in verse ten, right? He's revealed these things to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And I'm reminded of John 16, right? Um, especially verses 5 through 15, right? Is where Jesus himself describes the Holy Spirit. He gives us his role, his point, his purpose, and what the Holy Spirit does, how he lives and moves and operates. So actually, can I get a volunteer to read that? John 16, the Gospel of John. Chapter 16, verses 5 through 15, please. I can. Okay, Kyla. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away... If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the rule of this world is judged. But I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, however, when, the, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare to you. You want me to stop at 15, right? Uh, read through 15, please, and then... Okay. Oh, I, I read that. Okay. So, in John, or the Gospel of John... 
Jesus, again, he describes the Holy Spirit. He describes his work, his purpose, and everything that the Holy Spirit is there to do. All right, he first says that he's going, he's going to come, right? And that he is, well, he says, I did tell you the truth, as your revenge, I go away, or the helper will not come. But if I depart, I'll send him. And then he says, when he comes, he will what? First thing, the first role of the Holy Spirit, convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. But then he says, why? And so they did not believe and of righteousness because I go to my father and see me no more and of judgment. The ruler of the world is judged. So the first thing is about convicting of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Other versions, especially the, the complete Jewish Bible, translation of this, it really goes into what Paul is saying here, which is they did not understand sin and righteousness and judgment. And I think that is, that's significant. But then also, and I love verse 12, where I still have many things to say to you, right? But you can't, we talked about maturity this week. And you're not at a place, what is Jesus is saying is you're not in a place where you can understand the things that I have to tell you, right? And the Charles, I believe it was you who we were talking about this and, and we said, we have had many conversations on many topics, but each topic, whatever we discuss, do you have, have you yet come to the full recognition and knowledge and understanding and wisdom pertaining to that topic? No, Right. But as you grow and as you mature, more information, more knowledge, more wisdom can be given, which then increases what you're able to receive and how you're able to understand the fullness and the working, right? But then it also says why the Holy Spirit is there, right? And will guide you into all truth. This is the same thing we've talked about this with Moses, with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit. He will not speak on his own authority or initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And then he says, all things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. So we see in there uh, a few different things. One, yes, the role of spirit is to guide us into all truth, right? And how does he do it? By not speaking of his own initiative, but taking from the Father and telling you what is to come. Which then, in verse 14, he says, he will glorify me. And then how does he glorify him? Which is the same thing and role for us to take of Jesus's, of the, the Lord's. Right? Ultimately, it's the Father's. All things the Father has are his, what he says in the very next verse, and declares it to you. Jesus is our pattern example. He says what the Father says to say, and he did what, or he said what the Father said to say, and he did what the Father did. And that was it. So even in there is, he, he already gave us the blueprint, if you will, the process of how we glorify the Father. Right, which, it's not about works, it's not about any of those things. And then, right, we'll go back to the first part where it talks about the Holy Spirit. His role was to convict the world of sin. Whose role is to convict the world of sin? Okay, the Holy Spirit's, not ours. That's not our job. 
is to point out everyone's flaw, right? And, and Jesus addressed that as well. Remove the log from your own eye before you remove the speck from someone else's. And then Jesus addressed it again, and he said that I did not come to judge. And then there's the second part of that. But if I do judge, my judgment is true. It is pure. Why? The same thing that Paul points out here in verse 15. He who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Right? The, when Jesus says my judgment is pure, it is true, it is right, depending on the translation. That's the same thing Paul is echoing here. And how can Jesus judge rightly? By the Holy Spirit, who is revealing, who is taking from the Father and disclosing it to him to say what the Father said to say and to do what the Father says to do. Which is, again, the pattern and standard for all of us. So, I'm saying all this, that to say this. We must be so yet in tune but dependent on the Lord and His Holy Spirit for everything and in every aspect of our life because that's who reveals the truth, the wisdom, the knowledge, who, who we know our Lord and Savior only gives us good and perfect things. We have to rein our flesh in and get it under control that we can hear him without and be to be obedient without delay. But there's nothing that's preventing us from hearing him and knowing his, his every movement, right? We, we talked about that earlier in the week, how just based off the sound of, of footsteps, right, in this house, we, we have purposed and, and, you know, as a family, I can tell you who is coming down the stairs, and what mood they're in, and all the rest of that by a number of different factors, but it would just the smallest one being footsteps, right? Uh, honey, you brought that up. Why? Because we purpose to know each of you, right? Yes. And, and in the same way, well, in this, how much more so should we know the Lord? Infinitely, eternally more. He, he is infinite. His reign is infinite. He is all. So we should know him so much more. And, and I love how Paul says, for who has known the mind of Christ that he may instruct him? But then says a, a very difficult thing, right? We have the mind of Christ. So he's saying, right, we can't instruct him, but we have already we right he gives seed for the sower in other words like you already have the thing that you need or the things you need to do the works that he has called you to do how or are we utilizing it and then if we are utilizing are we utilizing it for our own glory and gain or are we using it to glorify the lord well just there's something really neat i think in what you just said there that i don't want people to miss because i've heard people think you know heard sayings or things like well the, it was easy for the disciples because jesus was there with them right this this section that you were just reading at the end of uh, verse four he said i didn't tell you this before because i was with you then he says and it's better that i go because you get the holy spirit absolutely right? so it's better to have the mind of Christ with the Holy Spirit indwelling in us than to actually have Christ physically with us is what he's saying here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, 
So we have that same advantage. We're not at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. We're at an advantage with that. That's right. And a, a better advantage because Jesus, while he was in the flesh, was limited by what flesh to some to some degree. Yes, he walked on water, but he wasn't omnipresent. He was in his location that he was in. But each of us individually have the Holy Spirit, who is God, on the inside of us, speaking to us about our individual needs and the direction God has for us and the guidance that we need specifically and even to help others through us. I mean, when he said better, I think God knows the difference between better. You know, when he when he said better, he really meant that. He said, nevertheless, I tell you that it is to your advantage is what my translation is to your advantage that I go Mm -hmm. so that the helper will come. Christ said Mm -hmm. it's better. Mm -hmm. We gain an advantage. Amen. (laughs) Because Jesus in the flesh still needed to sleep. He needed to eat. He needed to do and care for the things that were required of just human nature. Use the bathroom, you name it. But Holy Spirit is always on. (laughs) He's always present with us and such a, a treasure and a blessing for us to be able to experience and enjoy him. And, and I think it's really wrapped up here in Corinthians, second uh, Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter two, verse 11. And at the end, the second half of that verse, even so no one knows the things of God, except the spirit of God, which is the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. So you have the one who knows everything on the inside of you going, hey, hey, talk to me. I want to tell you. Let me, let me tell you. I have something to say to you. I want to show you. I want to guide you. Hey, I'm here. He's always, hey, come on. Prompting us, guiding us, protecting us. I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit has whispered something in my ear. And at the moment, I couldn't see the application of it, but I did it anyway. And I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit, for telling me that because the reason I needed it was coming. And in that moment, I didn't have an opportunity to get what I needed beforehand. I didn't have the chance to prepare. It had to be on me and and present at that moment because there was no turning back, if you will. And I was going to have to just go ahead and go through it. And how many times I've been rescued and blessed and, you know, my family and from little things to great things, just by the unction of the Holy Spirit, him going, Hey, Turn over here. Do this. Grab those. You need this. Take this with you. You know, it's endless. And when you start to magnify the Lord in your eyes and see the value and the purpose, you'll see how many times he was there beforehand, how many times you heard his voice. And instead of going, something just told me I need it. No, that was the Lord. Your flesh cannot produce anything good and of itself. The enemy does not provide any benefits or blessings to anyone. He comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. So if it was good to you and every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the father of lights, who there is no variation or shadow of turning, then that good gift, if it saved and preserved your life, if it rescued you, that was the grace and the goodness of God. And there's one other thing I want to bring up, and I think we need to discuss this because of its importance or significance here, right? Paul is still addressing this singular starting issue that he in the that he has with the Corinthians, with the church in Corinth, and with the body of Christ as a whole, which you find all the way back in chapter one. Really, I'll say verses eleven through thirteen, where he says, "This is Paul says, 
For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, otherwise known as Peter, or I am of Christ. And then he asks the question, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So the Apostle Paul is also discussing here, hey, reckon it, this is the Holy Spirit. We have the mind of Christ. In other words, the Holy Spirit himself, if you would listen to him, should be speaking and revealing to you that each of these individuals, right? You just named a few, of course, I'll say large names for the day, right? But, and, and I say this is why it's important because we have to look at our application for today. It's not about which person you follow so much, right? Uh, pick a name, uh, you know, uh, we'll just Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland or whoever, whoever the, the speaker is, right? I mean, uh, Reinhard Bonnke or, I mean, pick one. It doesn't matter. Is, and I say it in this way, it doesn't matter if the individual is actually speaking the things of the Lord, giving you the wisdom of the Lord. That's what matters. Is that speaker, you know, whoever it is, will take us here, myself, my wife, any of us sitting in this room, is what we're saying truth, and that will be revealed to you through the Holy Spirit. So, and, and I say it because the application, again, is this. The people should have understood that the four individuals, whether it was Christ, whether it was Paul, whether it was Peter, whether it was Apollos, were all speaking and revealing the wisdom, or speaking truth, which is the wisdom of the Lord that he had given and shown them to speak for each of them. Instead of dividing up the church and following one or of these people. Now, of course, Jesus Christ is God, but his, the words that he spoke during his time on earth, as he was common or, or something to be held in the same regard as, as, the rest, as the other three individuals that Paul mentions. He says, no, Christ died for you. You weren't baptized. Paul didn't die for you. Paul didn't, you weren't baptized in the name of Paul, but Christ. Each of those four individuals stated the same things. They were preaching and teaching about Christ and Christ crucified. And the people, he's saying, should have been able to recognize it, is what's happening here. He wants them to come to that, that knowledge, right? We have the mind of Christ. We should be able to understand the bigger thing, what's being said, instead of trying to divide up the body of Christ. And with all of our relationship, we, we function by two things in the world. We function by faith and we function by choice. Mm -hmm. So when he's talking to them about all this, he was saying, choose to align yourself with the spiritual aspect and not align yourself with natural things, natural aspects. It doesn't mean you don't attend to what's needed in the natural, like you need to eat, you need to get some rest, you know, drink some water. He's saying, but 
as far as your mindset goes and what you pursue and what you believe and how you carry yourself, you need to align with the spiritual things. And in verse 16, reminding us that we have the mind of Christ and are in no position to instruct him, but to receive instruction from him. It's a choice for us to put on the mind of Christ. It's a choice for us to put on the armor of God. It's the choice for us to engage in, in the things that God says are valuable for us to engage in. The mind of Christ doesn't just jump into your head and go, now you're going to do this because then that will be God usurping the, the will that he gave you to choose. But should you want it, it's there. It was given to you. It was issued to you on the day of your salvation, all of these tools and equipment. If you never want to put on the armor of God or take up the sword of the spirit and you're like, no, I just want to suffer like this for you, Jesus, and let the devil beat me up. That's like, mm, okay, but I provided for you to rule over him. And as a matter of fact, I've left guidance in my word for you. I've left the Holy Spirit. He always leads us in triumphant processional right? We, we always have the victory in Christ Jesus. So it's our choice, how we operate. Are we going to believe what God is saying to us, believe that his perspective and to take his perspective? Are we going to believe him enough to align ourselves with him? And then subsequently, because we believe him, we choose to put on these things. We choose to take this perspective. We choose to take it. We choose to engage in it or you can take the Thomas perspective. When I see it, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not faith then. That's looking at something. So choose. Believe God and then choose. And I want to read Colossians 3, um, which is a part of this, what we have in the mind of Christ. And also it denotes taking the same perspective that he he has. How does Christ think about this? How does he um, position himself? How does he handle things? What is his thought on it? Take that up as your own, not saying that you initiated it, but conforming yourself to what he thinks. Colossians uh, 3 verse, verse 14 says, and 15 says, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. That's our choice. Christ spoke a lot about love. That's how we're going to be known, and if we love Him, we'll keep His commandments. I mean, He spoke quite a bit about it: what it actually means, what it isn't, what He requires, what denotes that we are following His His um instructions regarding it, whether we're doing it or not. And so that's included in the mind of Christ. So this is how you can know, am I enacting in this? There's, there's fruit that you can tell. There's evidence. Love is not passivity. Love is not blinking at sin. But love is also compassionate. It's kind. We have a whole chapter and and specifically and explicitly relating to us of what love is because God is love. Therefore the mind of Christ would be focused on that love, right? The mind of Christ would be yes. engaging in that thing, but it happens only by our choice. As we allow God, as we choose to let him change us, as we choose to let him guide us, as we choose to let him choose 
what we're supposed to be doing and what we're not supposed to be doing will begin to be cultivated and the fruit and the evidence that we are being pruned, as you talked about previously, Dean, will show up. You know, the evidence of pruning is better quality fruit. You can have a tree that has a million tiny little all but inedible hard fruit on it that rots away really quickly. Or you can have a tree with beautiful, delicious fruit. Pruning has a real value. And, you know, God just wants us to choose to align with him and let his process take its course. So there's a lot in there. So we're going to pause there for today and, and give you the opportunity to allow the, the Holy Spirit to minister to you and to search out the scriptures for yourselves. And um, so with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for making it, making your word plain for us and giving us gifts and not dangling a, dangling a carrot over our heads mm-hmm. and trying to manipulate and use us to get what you want. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, we love you. We are praying for you. So have a great day, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.